Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. quarantine sort of but you can go to the grocery store and to a restaurant if you are an asshole an asshole i'm gonna get a megaphone and i'm gonna drive by people that are just eating in close quarters on a patio and i'll be like you're part of the problem you're why my career came to a screeching halt you piece of shit (laughs) doing good though feeling good today tasty coffee and uh we're getting an episode you know, it's, it takes a lot of effort to uh, keep keep turning out news uh, that, you know, things that aren't updates about my dog. Um, but happy to be here. Happy to be with you guys. And the questions keep pouring in and the sponsors keep pouring in. We are set through the end of the year. So clearly we're doing something right. Uh, thank you to all of you listening. I know this sounds impersonal because it's like, ma, she's not talking to me. I am Jenny. Probably your name is Jenny. I am all you nurses out there. That's most of you. Teachers. Um, civil servants, uh, thank you for buy, for trusting me and you know engaging with our sponsors and buying the products and using the codes. Uh, we really strive to bring you things that I don't think are bullshit. Um, so whether it's a product I've used, endorsed, or just can appreciate, I'm glad that you guys are enjoying it, us, and this. This is Ask Eliza Anything brought to you by Tianfu. When two peach halves come together, they make a dog head. Check it. Oh yeah, Emily's here. Lil underscore cake underscore pop. I don't like cake pops, but I've probably never had a good one. You've only had the Starbucks ones. Yeah, and they're cold. Mm. Cake should never be cold. Ever. I, okay. Hey, Eliza, baby arm, and our donut mouth savior, Tianfu. Donut biscuit news. How would you react if you found out your father literally had cancer and got it removed, never mentioned it, and the only reason you know now is because your mother said he was getting his stitches from surgery removed? Because I'm not handling it well. Not about you. And you know what? That's actually incredibly selfless that your father went through that and didn't drag you into the emotional journey, especially if it was super treatable. Mm -hmm. You know, if your dad, God forbid, had like pancreatic cancer, like that's the ballgame, folks. Like, very few people get out of that one. Um, if it was just a skin biopsy or if it was like gallbladder, which like a lot of people can get removed. Um, my own dad had his gallbladder removed, you know? So th- there's the parent that wants you to worry about them. And then there's the parent that just like says like, let's not panic yet. 
I would want to know before surgery, though, in case something went wrong. Like, I don't want to not have said something. Yeah, I think your parents probably assessed it. I mean, I also, your dad seems like the kind of like stoic, tough type. Maybe he's like a military vet. And I think your parents probably assessed, you know, anybody could die going under anesthesia, but it typically doesn't happen. So I think they kind of just didn't want you to worry. But you can say, you know, in the future, I do want to know and, you know, just express to him how you feel because I think that would probably mean a lot. Yeah. But you got You can't be mad. Like, I want to be there for you, dad. Let me know. Yeah. I'm going to bring you hot chocolate. (laughs) Emily loves hot chocolate. Uh, But that's it. But don't make it about you um, because he was probably really scared when faced with his own mortality, which tends to bother men a little bit more than women. Um, I also would like to know what kind of cancer. It's like if he had brain cancer, it's like, yeah, you might want to, you know. Also- this cancer couldn't have been that bad if you had no idea. So mm. if he just got like a mole removed, you don't need to hear about it. So I know I'd like to know. <laughs> Master Ninja Brit. Hello, Eliza, baby. I'm hot Scotty and the teeniest of chinos. No underscores in my name, just how you like it. I'm 21 and quite honestly, I'm having trouble being myself despite my dad's constant telling me to do so. My younger sister who is 20, is the much more sporadic thinking partier who knows how to take what she wants in life without giving a shit about anybody else. How much could she have taken? She's 20. Meanwhile, I feel like as the oldest, I have to step my game up and help. Eldest. I have to step my game up and help out my parents, grandparents, and family business at the drop of a hat. How can I learn to be a little more selfish and do what makes me happy as opposed to what I feel is expected of me? I mean, I love my family and my sister, but geez, I want to be a stupid 21-year-old sometimes. Love you all in the pod, even though my mom gives me weird looks for breaking out in hysterical laughter when I listen with headphones on. Um, your mom sounds very judgy. <laughs> What's that? You're listening and laughing and living and loving? Look, um, you teach people how to treat you. And I don't know what your sister's like, but if she's always like, can't help out at the family feed store, um, off to go, I'm going to a rave, and you're always left with your dick in your hand, you know, Maybe you just do those kind of things. I don't think that you have it in you to be like, I'm just going partying later. But if there's something that's important to you, just do it. And you can have that talk with your parents. You know, your sister, I don't know if she's like a good sister or a bad sister, but like there's a version where you say, you know, I want to help you guys out, but I also want my own free time. But Mm -hmm. it sounds like you're very dependable. So people are depending on you or you're taking it all on and people might be like, yeah, do whatever you want. So just know that you and your sister are created differently and you probably naturally take on uh, more responsibility. And that might be as a reaction to how she is or she thinks you've got it all under control and she's like, okay, I'll just do whatever. So suss out what that is. But yeah, um, I also, I was always one of those people, I never felt as young as I was. Like I always felt like, oh, that's what younger people do even when I was young. So get it in. Uh I guess I, I did get it in, but I never felt irresponsible. You're not wired that way. You're not wired like your sister. So carve out some time for you, but just know that you'll never be that carefree spirit that she is because it would drive you crazy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already 
stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. I'm busy and this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Kick it. Uh, I have two questions that are going to start a fight. I just want to know what her family, kind of store her family has. I'm always interested when a family is a business. (laughs) Free labor. Free labor. I have two questions that are going to start a fight between us. Is it about nuggets versus tenders? Because I don't have the energy. Okay. First one from B.S. Bushnell. Hi, in one of your podcasts, Emily mentioned having multiple college degrees. What are they in? On the other hand, Eliza mentioned her college degree by saying her high school education was harder than college. Which one of you smart women is academically stronger and does it help advance you with your career goals? Emily's ac- Emily is academically stronger. Why? Because Emily is academically stronger than I am. You just are probably a better student than I am. Mm. You, pay, you are more detail-oriented. You pay attention at length. Um... And you were in all AP classes. IB. What? International Baccalaureate, which is... Which is bullshit. It's made up. No. AP is where you take like two or three. IB is every single one of your classes is college credit. What's IBS? <laughs> um, I... So that's... I mean, look, I it doesn't really matter. I went to a very challenging like five hours of homework a night, college prep, high school. I don't know how that weighs against whatever barn Emily was educated in, but... Mm-hmm. 
No, she's. What's the question? I think it, I don't know. It's, it's asking. It's just designed to pit women against each other. That's what I'm saying. Uh, um, Emily, even if she went to my school. Does it help with career goals? I think is the. What is the question? Which one of you is academically stronger and does it help advance you with your career goals? I would say. And, oh, and does it help advance yeah. you? Okay. Apparently you didn't learn uh, to announce you. <laughs> no, I didn't. You were in IBS. No, I went to a Montessori school and I could make my own schedule. And I would say, I'm going to draw for six hours today. And they'd say, please, don't you want to learn geometry? And I'd say, no. And they'd say, okay, it's up to you. <laughs> um, uh, I, I did learn how to type because I liked that. I mean, you're asking me to sum up an entire K through 12 education. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I can read. Thank God. <laughs> you can read. Um, I think you're, you have a really good vocabulary that I think stands out in your comedy because indubitably (laughs) uh but i have to be honest being autodidactic which means like that you're the kind of person that is self-taught like you seek out knowledge i'd say the bulk of my information has come from just being an adult Mm -hmm. and learning how to be inquisitive and seeing people around me and being like oh i want to be as smart as that so i think you know there's people who enjoy education and people who don't care yeah. I love an educator. I love knowing, I love learning things that I don't know. I love learning things about words. I love museums, stuff like that. Like I like, and I liked school. I wasn't the best student, but that wasn't because I didn't like it. I just, it's really hard to write papers when it's boring and math is very hard. I was somebody who was always like too close to my teachers. <laughs> yes, I could see that. Especially the female <laughs> ones. Uh, I, I get that. Um, so there's that. But when I got to college, I was like, this is super easy because also it's easy too when you're getting to study things that you remotely care about versus mm. trigonometry where you're like, Sokotoa, I get it. But what? Right. So I mean, that's that. why I was able to do multiple degrees is because I just was interested in something. So it wasn't, I wasn't like, I'm going to do math. And like every girl, I thought I would get like a double major and I would also do psychology. And then I took psychology 101 my freshman year at Kansas. And I was like, this is so much information. I loved it. I did PR for work. And then I did psychology just to fill out my other hours because I love it. I love it. The beginning of psychology is not as fun. And then you can get into stuff. No, like the Wernicke's area. And you're like, there's a thousand kids in this class. How am I supposed to be special? No, I love though when you get into like all the, like the prison experiment and like this all that stuff. I remember just learning are about up. genetic mutations and one is called, well, this may have been in high school, called Kleinfelder syndrome, which mm. is where men grow breasts. Yes. And so whenever they do say yes to the dress and they're like, we're at Kleinfelds. I'm like, men with tits. <laughs> Kick it. So here's the other question. Regal Beagle 78. Hey, Liz, Emily, and Tianfu, since you have strong opinions on all the movies that at M. Hig watches, what's the last movie you watched? Did you like it? Toot tone is that have you watched uh have you been watching any movies or do you not really watch when you're what's the last you know what the last movie i watched was <laughs> eurovision because i thought it was gonna have a lot of like e- like edm music yeah. um the movie was not great but the the, so- the songs were great and i still remember them um but before that i watched portrait of a lady on fire mm, great excellent French subtitles, Mm -hmm. no music. So Um, the one of the girls, the girl that's being painted, dated the female director of that movie for years and they had made another movie together. And the female director is a little older and they actually broke up 
before this movie and were like broken up while doing this movie, I believe. Well, that's so even more of a testament. Well, she, her heart was so broken. Anyways, I don't, great movie. Um, so that's the last, I mean, you asked the last movie I watched, it was those. Mm-hmm. And I also, at the beginning of quarantine, watched Just Friends mm. and like peed myself laughing. I just watched Hot Rod for the first time and I was really delighted by that. Isla yeah. Fisher is just so good in everything. Movies, I'm kind of like a movie whale. Like whatever sort of wafts into my baleen, I consume it. Mm-hmm. But it's hard, a lot of movies. I, you know, I think the person isn't funny or I read for it mm-hmm. or I kind of just, sometimes comedies, like you get a good comedy, like this is awesome. But a lot of times it just stresses me out. Um, so that's that. I got mad at all the people on Twitter like, wow, Rachel McAdams, who knew she was so funny when Eurovision came out? Everybody, we all knew. She anybody who saw joy. The Hot Chick, anybody who saw Game Night, anybody who saw Mean Girls, we all knew Rachel McAdams was funny. She's, gr- I love Rachel McAdams. I wouldn't even say she's that funny in this film. It's more like it was clearly designed for Will Ferrell mm. to like do his thing. But she's still, I think there's something to be said for like, Christina Applegate never got the credit she deserved for like holding her own in Anchorman. And not being annoying. Like, she was great. I yelled about that on my show. All right, we're moving on. That's the answer. The last movie I watched was- the, were Did you ever see The Hot Chick with Rob Schneider and Rachel McAdams? No. Rachel I McAdams. We're moving, on. we're moving on. You can go listen to a movie podcast. Socks underscore ATA underscore molecular level. Oh, socks at a molecular level. Hi, Liz, Emily, the whole gang. Sorry for the underscores. I just like the spacing. I love all your original hits from the pod and sketch show and your put together playlist on Spotify. But I'm curious if you have any recommendations on the tiny hamster voices or aqua voice EDM music. Yes. I also really like the drinks recommendations. All my eddies is Ah! definitely a bop. Shout out to our friend Kevy Fairkin. That's awesome. That song is great. That song is super fun. Drinks, D-R-Y-N-X. Yeah. Uh, the song's called All My Eddies, and the lyrics are insane, but the song is super fun. You want some hamster music. Hamster or aqua voice? I don't know what aqua voice is. Maybe like, come on, Barbie, let's go party. Oh, aqua voice. Come on, Barbie. Got it. Nice, Barbie. Um, <laughs> so on my Spotify, I have two... Playlist. One is called Quarantunes, Tunes for Your Quarantine. And that has a lot of EDM. Hold on, the dog wants to go down. Heebie, heebie. So that's good. And on that, we have like, um, I really enjoy Rogue and Alan Walker. And uh, and then there's also a subgenre of EDM called Chip Tune, which is basically kind of like arcade music. And I made, uh, there's a playlist called Chip Tune Arcade, which I didn't make. And that has a lot of fun hamster music. I also made a playlist. Uh, you know what? It might not be public, but I can make it public. Oh, no, it is public. Called Teeny Tiny. It has three followers. Um, but that has a lot of that music, too. And they're both on my Spotify's. And so Stonebank is a good one. Tristam. Uh, a lot of the artists that are on the Monster Cat record label. Shout out to Monster Cat. Pegboard Nerds. Um, so all those kind of things. It's really type one into Spotify and then let Spotify kind of guide you. Um, because I'm a I'm song specific, less artist specific. But those are the answers. Check it out. Check it in Grantalope777. Hi, Eliza, Emily, and Hot Scotty, forever in our thoughts. Where is he? <laughs> Huge fan of the pod. Is that horseless carriage? Oh. The restaurant. I know. It sounds like he died. There's the know. restaurant at a car dealership that we were obsessed with. No, anyway. he's he's working from home and we miss him. Uh, I've listened from start to finish in six weeks of quarantine. 
Do you believe in an afterlife? How do you imagine it? Where did these ideas come from for you? It's so funny you asked that. I was thinking about Blanche this morning and I was like, when I die, I wonder if she'll be there. I was literally thinking this. Mm. But if you believe in reincarnation or if you believe like a Wayne Dyer situation, like many lives, many masters, that you're coming back to this plane to learn the lessons that your soul needs to learn, then... It's like, how could that spirit be there at the end of your life? Because they would have already returned here to do something else. So I don't really know how to, uh, how to explain that or separate that. Um, do I believe in an afterlife? What do I believe? I believe that we are made of energy Hmm. and I like the idea that you are on this planet to learn certain lessons, like you as a soul, like before you were who you are, like you're this certain ball of energy. And we keep returning to this planet because there are certain lessons we have to learn. And if it doesn't happen, you got to come back, which I kind of am afraid of because I really don't want to come back here. And I I wonder how many times I've been here, probably a few. And uh, that's why I really just try to pain or anything. I try to experience everything because I don't want to get to the end of this life. And they're like, sorry, you didn't learn um, about selflessness. You got to go back. So that's it. I think, I think this is all just a minor blip uh, in terms of when humans have been on the planet, in terms of how long any of this has been around. So there has to be something beyond death because I think there's just two, because we're energy and energy can neither, transitive property can neither be created nor destroyed. Hmm. So is that the transitive property? Mm, the transitive property is like, if A equals B and B equals C, A equals C, Right. But doesn't it have to do with energy? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, But that doesn't sound wrong that it has to do with energy. Hold on. It's not. (laughs) Hold on. Can. Here. It is the. I'm sorry. First law of thermodynamics. Energy can Mm. be changed, but it can neither be created nor destroyed. But just keeping in the idea that, you know, there's plenty of opportunities to go around. The idea that someone could take something away from you. You're like, yeah, maybe in the immediate future, but the opportunity is still there because things cannot be created or destroyed. It was a reach. Um, but I do believe we are energy and that's why people always talk about like good vibes, bad vibes, which is like a distilled commercialized version of the idea that a good vibration, like you ever meet someone and like someone just gives you the willies. That's cause they have a bad lower vibration or when you're in church and you feel really good cause everyone's singing, it's a high vibration. You know, some people say if everyone else could just get together and focus on something positively, we could solve all these problems. That'll be impossible. But I do believe in energy and vibrations and you know, coming from a high vibration. You always hear me talk about that. I'm always talk. I always talk about people that have like low vibration people and I always try to stay away from them mm-hmm. or, you know, you do your best to change their vibration, but usually I'm just like, I don't care. Burn, which is a low vibration thing. That's my answer. Hmm. My answer is you can believe whatever you want to believe because in the end it's going to be what it's going to be. So just don't tread on me and get in my way. Quit telling me I'm going to hell. Are a lot of people telling you that? I was a kid just cause you know, I'm not Christian. Mm. But I do think the concept of hell is very funny. And I do think making fun of Satan is very funny. Uh, I think ma- making fun of the concept of Satan as used as a tool to scare people into like going to church. That's not how, you're not going. Also, if everything is perfect and the universe is what it's supposed to be, people that are horrific are sent to this planet for some sort of reason, whether it's a reason that you have to see from 30,000 feet above. Um, but just this idea that like one person is bad, they go to hell. I do believe there are tormented souls, which is like what ghosts who walk among us are. And there are people with ghosts with unfinished business. But this idea that you're just burning in hell, I don't know. I don't know. 
Barb Daddario. Hi, Eliza. My friend is separated from her husband of 14 years after finding out a year ago about his extensive cheating their entire his marriage. Extensive penis surgery. She just got on a dating site to prove to herself that there were still good guys out there. And what happens? She was wrong. The first guy's a stalker who lives five minutes away, and she had to call the cops and threaten him with a restraining order. She's obviously sworn off dating and dating sites for a while. My and her question is, how can she move on and start a new chapter during a pandemic and without dating? What's something to distract her or make her feel like she's moving on? She's got two young kids who keep her busy, but she's craving adult connection as well. Like a distraction. Well, you can, first of all, it's not really your place or problem, you know, but she can join online clubs. She can join dating sites where you're just looking for companionship, especially now because of Corona, you can just talk with someone for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, there are plenty of online forums that you can join websites, message boards, stuff like that, where you can get that interaction. But since nobody's really rushing out to like mouth kiss anyone, I think now's the perfect time. Also, that is really unfortunate that that happened. Uh, as someone who's had a stalker, it can happen regardless of if you're on a dating app or not. I really wouldn't blame the dating app. Mm-hmm. I had a friend who used TaskRabbit and the TaskRabbit guy asked her out and then like made her really uncomfortable. It's like, oh, cool, you've been in my home. So right. you're vulnerable as a woman regardless. I don't think swearing off dating apps, maybe she needs to pay for like a more premium one or something or get really specific, you know, like- um, Don't tell people your address as well also. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> Keep it super vague. Um and just try to have fun with that, I guess. But don't, swearing off dating apps is definitely not. That's like saying, I burned my tongue on hot soup, so I've sworn off all hot food forever. It's just the one soup that one time. Well, it was two soups, but yeah. What's the second soup? Her husband cheating on her extensively over but the course of their marriage. But that has nothing to do with it. It was two like, soups. Like that just is dating in general. That's, that's, is what she, this episode's called two soups. Yeah, but you know what? This is your chance. It's her, I don't know. This is her chance to- Look inward. Do I attract that time? 14, I don't know. 14 years. He was cheating the entire time. Ugh, that is so, that is such, first, you know what she needs to do is go to therapy. Yeah, because that kind of betrayal is horrific. That's horrific. And I doubt, I doubt that she's ready to be in a new relationship if it's been 14 years of that slow burn trauma. Mm-hmm. And he probably gaslit her. She was like, I bet something's wrong. He's like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. Mm-hmm. You gotta go to therapy so you don't pass that on to someone. And I think- if we want to talk about energy, that stalker was probably the universe being like, you're not ready right now. Mm. But there are ways to commute with, commune with and co- communicate with men without making it sexual. Not according to them, but you know, you can try. <laughs> I read a great Reddit thread the other day where some guy was talking about how his wife was working from home and her best friend from high school, who was a man who she had dated in high school, was coming over to work with her. And every time he'd come home, they'd be like, working and he's like okay this is fine and then he started coming home and she was sleeping on the couch with his head her head in his lap and she's like this is what friends do and he's like what are you talking about so he set up cameras and they were sleeping together but yeah he's just like is this what friends do because he was just so gaslit by this girl being like that's what are you talking about that's not weird and the guy's like yeah it's not weird at all this is how friends watch tv no this guy's like what no it's not is it i never touch greg Okay. Good. I barely touch my female friends. I never touch Greg. We bar—it's all even uncomfortable to hug. Like, hey, buddy, this is not. I don't want my private parts on yours. Draw drops. Who's been making those beautiful art? Beautiful very art. talented artist. Uh, I did a Instagram stories post about this gift that she sent. Everything was homemade. Everything was upcycled, sustainable. It was all. She's a check out. Draw drops on Instagram. On Instagram. Mm-hmm. 
She says, hi, Eliza, baby arm, teeny cheeny, and the rest of the pod squad. Actually, it's a girl, right? Yeah, it's at. I'm not going to say Pod squad's cute. Okay, pod squad. What's a good go-to sassy response to, wow, you're actually smart for somebody with an accent or other variations on the theme? Like, you're actually smart for a foreigner. I get this comment a lot. Who says foreigner when not describing a band? I find it so demeaning, but every time I'm thrown off and don't clap back, it's the same level of startled confusion as when somebody knocks on your bathroom stall door. I need Carol Burgess to help me out here. I'm in here. We didn't get the Emmy nomination, so there's that. Um, I, you know what? This sounds. This is so white. It's it's so hard for me to imagine somebody saying that. But I guess I th- there's a couple versions. There's the clapback version. There's the version that might make them stop and think. There's the rude version. You know, someone's like, "You're pretty smart for someone with an accent," and you can just be like, "Well, you're pretty stupid for someone without an accent." There's always that. There's always, no, you're pretty smart for a foreigner. And then you can be like, you're, you're pretty dumb for an American. (laughs) Like you can always turn it on them. Or you can, if you want to make them uncomfortable, you can be like, what does that mean? Exactly. And let them just flap in the wind when they, and you'll, well, it's just, I was just saying they're probably what they're really, I mean, if they're not horrible and they're just saying something dumb, what they're really saying is, oh, wow, you're so articulate for someone who's, for someone whose first language isn't English. Um, so they probably mean it as a compliment, but yeah. So it's like kind of, you're like, do I want to make him feel bad? But it's just so inappropriate. It's so inappropriate. It's not something they need to comment on. No, but, but she's asking like, how do I deal with it? Uh, you know what? Honestly, you could always just do the like, well, we're all, I mean, we're not, you're not a foreigner if you're born here. I I really think the response of. What do you mean? What does that mean? Play dumb and let them just dig their own hole. What yeah. That, what does that mean? What, what do you mean? mean? You, oh, do you didn't think I was? Do you smart? think people? Do you think people with accents are stupid? Yeah. And let them. Be, no, I was. Just, and then what you'll get is no. I was saying, you know, you're so well spoken for someone whose first language isn't English, and then you could just be like, maybe you speak another language. You know, just let them deal with the awkwardness. But that's yeah. just so weird. Um, I just can't imagine ever saying that to someone. I do. You know what sucks though? I do. I love to know where people are from because I've traveled so much. So I like to make it about me. Like, oh, I'm from Shanghai. And I'm like, oh my God, I've been there. I haven't. Have I been there? I don't know. So it's more about like, I want to connect with you on your culture, but apparently now it's offensive to ask someone because you can tell when someone's not from here. And it's offensive to people be like, yeah, but where are you from from? Which I would never say. I might be like, where's your family originally from? Mm-hmm. Because I just love to know about cultures, but people get so testy about it. So I'd like to think that I ask it in a way that doesn't offend people. Um, yeah, people get very defensive about it. Uh, so I get that. But just know if I ask you, it's only because I want you to invite me to your house for food. Kick <laughs> it. Okay. Sarasita 15. Hey, Eliza and baby arm. I've been in a toxic friendship with my ex for about a year. He is struggling with some serious mental health issues that he refuses to address. I want to move on with my life, but fear that if I- Is she Kim Kim Kardashian? (laughs) But fear that if I do something bad, that if I do something bad will happen to him or his family won't continue trying to help without me pushing them too. How can I let go of this toxic friendship without feeling like I'm causing more problems in his life? Write him a letter, be, be done. This is not on you. And this happens to girls so much. You're like, yeah, but I need to be there for him. You clearly like still have feelings for him um, or you feel some sort of responsibility. 
it, this, if he's unwilling to get treatment and his family, it's, that's his blood. If they're not willing to help, it is so not on you. And you need to just cut the cord. Write the family a letter. Write the family a letter, write him a letter. Be like, I love you. I want to be there for you, but um, I need you to get that treatment, you know? And be done with it. It's not on you. I think a lot of girls have this like sort of savior complex and you want to be the one that heals him. A lot of girls have this idea like, oh, I could be the one that fixes him and I can be the one. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't, but it sounds like it's causing you, you're not even dating. Uh, even if this were another girl and you were just friends, I'd be like, peace out. You're you're not a medical professional. You've done all you can. He's not willing to meet you halfway. You need to live your own life. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Okay. For I, Saren, a friend of mine was recently let go from the hospital they work at for stealing medication, most likely for themselves based on the behavior they were exhibiting the last several months. I only know this because of a mutual friend I reached out to when I couldn't get a hold of them for a couple weeks and all social media accounts were deleted, told me they work at the same hospital. My friend has since texted and said they went to Mexico, got COVID, stayed with family out of state and is now back in town after quote unquote recovering. They don't know I know the truth. I feel like not confronting them 
in a loving and non-judgmental way would be complacent and further their problem. I just want to help them. They were there for me when I was in an accident. They cleaned my house, made food, took the dogs for a walk, and generally was an amazing human. Help. So just say that. Be like, hey, you were there for me, so I want to be there for you now. I want you to know that I know this information. I'm not judging you, but if you want to talk, I'm here. That's all you can do. You can lead a horse to water. You can't make it butt chug, okay? So that's it. That person's probably super embarrassed. And if you can be an ally for them and just be like, I'm here to listen, you know, if it's an addiction issue, that's less, um, I I guess, uh, evil than just stealing it to like sell them for fun. You know, I don't know, but get the whole story. And that person's probably, hopefully they're doing whatever they can to correct that. But hey, you were really there for me and I just want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm down. I want to hear your side of it and I, I'm not judging. Um, I just, and I'm, I'm reaching out to you because I care. Yeah, that's it. That's all. And they're like, no, I was in Mexico. All right, well then they want to, then there's a larger issue if they're like still lying. Yeah. Yeah. I think it seems like you're really coming from a good place. And as long, and that'll come across when you talk to this person yeah. and, and talk, don't text, don't text it, call them and and say, you know, is there, is there anything I can do for you? I want to yeah. be there for you. You, you were there for me. Run any drugs across no. county lines? No. Kippo 22. Run to La Pharmacia, get some cyclobenzaprina. Kippo 22. Kippo. How to negotiate salary. Now, have you ever done this? You had one regular job or two? I've had several. I've had two. Okay, you had the marketing and then? I worked at a creative agency and then I worked in the marketing department of a company in a building. Okay. Did you ever like go in for a salary negotiation? Nope. Or you were just there for like a year and you bounced? Whatever. Okay. I was like, I'm 23. I'm making 40 grand a year. I'm fucking pumped. Yeah. It was so much money at the time and I was so yeah. proud. So I called my mom and I was, I remember so excited. I was I, like, they offered me $40,000 that I don't get all at once. I was reading a, I think a Twitter thread or a Reddit thread where people were talking about the way that we view wealth and how a lot of people that start making 40000 a year in an entry level job are out earning everyone in their family what they've ever earned. And so it's, it's, they see that as wealth. And so they think when they talk about taxing the wealthy that they're coming for them. And it's like, no, that's not who. You know, you're not wealthy at all. No, but it seems wealthy when people have only made like 20,000. Well, if, if everyone in your family is mowing lawns and you get an entry level, you know, then that mm-hmm. is you're building wealth, mm-hmm. but no one's talking to you. Uh, no. Taxing the wealthy, it's something like you have to make like over several hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Or like, that's not you. No, it's not. But okay. So you'll see it in your tax statement. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody gets taxed. How would you negotiate a salary? Okay. I mean, you, you, you have representatives, but I think that you're instrumental in making sure you're paid fairly for what you do. Yeah. I guess if it were just me and I guess if you had been at the job a long time, Mm -hmm. I mean, you did this. I was already going to give you the raise, but you did make a PowerPoint and I definitely I listened to it. And I was like, I'm going to give you the raise anyway. Um, I would calculate, you know, what it is you're making now, what you need to live and what mm-hmm. you feel is fair. So what's that percentage increase? Mm-hmm. And then have like your dream number and then the number that we're willing to settle for. Always ask for a little more. That way you can fall somewhere. You know, it's a basic negotiating tactic. Also feel free to watch 30 Rock and listen to Jack Donaghy's rule on negotiating. Mm-hmm. One of them is talk really quietly so the other person has to lean in. Uh, I've also never done the kind of negotiating where someone writes a number down and hands it to you, which I would love. Just the excitement. I know of that's your dream. Opening that paper. Um, 
figure out what did you want because you don't want to be the employee that asks for too much. And mm-hmm. then it's like, what the, f-? and then they get angry. They're like, what is wrong with you? How long have you been at the company? What value do you bring? Mm-hmm. But more importantly, be prepared to say what additional responsibilities you would like to take on. Because as an employer, I might say, well, what else are you going to do for this extra money versus just doing the same job? I do think there's something to be said for someone that's been in a job for a while is become such an expert at it that they are bringing more to the table than someone else doing the same job. So it's not necessarily that you need to take on more, but if you can prove like, here's what I've brought, like think about when you've had to write a a resume or a LinkedIn and it's the worst, but you're supposed to write these very declarative bullet points of, I did such and such. It brought in this number of views, this number of money, this number of clients. I'm saying you can do that. Be prepared to state versus I don't say I feel at all Mm. because these are, this is not emotional. This is numeric and these are facts. I have done this project. I spearheaded this campaign. Mm -hmm. I saved the company this money. I brought in this additional revenue. Um, here are the times that I went above and beyond and Mm -hmm. I will continue to do these things. And I feel that I add value in the following ways. Yes. There is value in your, in the experience you have in that role. But I also think there is something to be said for how are you adding value to the company further? Like if you were to get this raise, you can say, I will continue to do these projects. Mm -hmm. I would also like to step into a different role. Mm -hmm. So just think about that. Those are the things that I would say, because if Emily tomorrow asked for a raise, you know, I already know what she does, but I personally would probably want to hear like, and here's how, it's not about taking more necessarily, but like, here's how I will expand what it is that I do, or here's Mm -hmm. how I'll continue to also bring up if you've done anything you weren't asked to do, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? I've taken on this leadership role in these projects. I stepped up, you know. What about threats of you'll never find anyone as good? And I would say the same thing back to you. <laughs> and then it would be a moot point. Uh, you could also do that. But they, they know. Your employer knows if they'll never find someone like you. For sure. I think it also, it's becoming a little less taboo to discuss salary. Um, you know, employers don't want you to. And depending on the employer, you can get in trouble, but you're not supposed to get in trouble for that. If there are other people in similar roles to you, I would try to find out. I would go, look, hey, interest of transparency. I want to ask for a raise. I'm making this. What are you making? No, like, do not do that. Because then they'll want to raise and then everyone's going to want to raise and you're fucked. Yeah, everyone needs a raise probably if that's the case. Yeah, I would actually ask a, if you're a girl, I would find out what a man who's doing the same job as you is mm-hmm. making and you better make sure you've been making the same as him mm-hmm. because all things are not created equally. I mean, they're created equally, but all things are not paid equally. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you do. So, and so, I, usually it's hard to be like, we do the exact same thing, but- Right, but it should be- Similar. Use that as a last negotiate. Like, if you can be like, Tom and I do the same job and he eats shit every day and he makes $50,000 more than me. And and even be careful in bringing someone else's name into it. Because- I disagree. Drag him through the mud. <laughs> Karen hasn't pulled her weight. Neither has Sherry or Jose. I made it a diverse, fun, problem-solving situation. And I'm here to swing on these hoes. Yeah, if you go into it with knowledge of what you should be making, of what the current market is, of what you're bringing to the table, just be really well prepared to make a case for yourself. That's the other thing. Chance, there's a chance that your employer isn't as armed with the facts because mm-hmm. they're trying. They're they're just there to say no. Mm-hmm. So if you come in with all these numbers and statistics, they might just be like, okay, she's got a great point. She knows her stuff. Mm-hmm. So always underestimate your opponent and go in well armed. Yeah. 
Swinging Down Under says, how do you feel about ethical non-monogamous relationships? Do you believe that they are becoming more prevalent as people's sexuality changes? I have a lot to say about this. Every time I'm on a dating app in Los Angeles, everybody, every guy, I'm in a ethically non-monogamous relationship. I have a girlfriend. It means that you are in a relationship, but you're allowed to go date other people. Not interested. Everybody in LA is apparently in one. But that's the thing. First of all, this is something that by and large, the younger generation, this is like kind of the newer thing as people are like getting rid of boundaries and sexual fluidity is more accepted. It's a very young person thing to be like, I'm still looking around. You know, you don't see it as much in older people, except for like nudist hippies. Um, That is just code for, I'm just exploring my options. And Mm. so- as long as it's ethical, meaning your partner's aware fully, which is rare. It's usually like, oh, I thought we were just friends. She's like, I didn't say you could fuck anyone. So as long as it, I always believe as long as everyone is on the same page, it's cool. If you, and this loophole where it's like, well, we never said we were exclusive. It's like, no, no, you knew what you were doing was wrong. As long as everybody knows what's going on. I have no issue also with like polygamy. Like if everyone's down and you're hurting mm-hmm. no one and it truly is voluntary, I don't care if you're married to eight dudes or five women. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't care if, I, I always wonder why it's always like the guy has two girls and it's really the girl with two guys. But um, so as long as everybody's cool, but I do think it's code for, it's not like you're polyamorous. It's code for, I'm just exploring it, but. Whatever. Right. You're not even willing to commit to polyamory. You're just like, I'm ethically non-monogamous. It just sounds like you're fucking some people. Great. Um, so as long as, but if you, but by the way, that's the beauty of dating. You may not be cool with it. You don't have to date that person. It sounds just like a churched up way of saying, I'm just dating around, but like kind of seriously sleeping with someone. So whatever. Yes. I see it so much on here on all the apps. And so now it's like, you have to go read every single profile and be like, wait, are you a couple? And it makes me mad. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. I mean, there, there's, I mean, there's just that. It's whatever makes you comfortable, you know. If, if that's it, that's the answer. Yeah, I'm I cannot not sit here as an open-minded person and condemn anyone else's choices about how they love and who they love. I do wonder how much, how many dating profiles in like the Midwest have it listed as ethically non-monogamous. You it, know what I mean? That's a very coastally churched-up term. Yeah. Um, I also remember when I was on Raya, seeing people like just here for business. I'm like, oh, you're doing a lot of business. That's a way of being like, uggos need not apply. I applied for Raya because I was like, I have 2,000 Instagram followers. Let me on there. They let me add on? the celebrities. No, I've been on the wait list for like three years. Yeah, you don't want those celebrities. I want that. I want this. I want like Ben Affleck used to be on there. Uh, Channing Tatum was on there. I want to go. I want to go so look hot. around. So they won't let they me in. They probably just paid them to be on there. They like how on J Date, the models are like always really attractive and you're like, no one looks like this on J Date. <laughs> okay, okay. Lee Stevenson 19. This is a question for my best friend slash cousin who is a guy, Jamie. So man, Jamie, he is a plumber and works for a business and told me he keeps getting calls from a particular woman who requests him to come and fix her shit. My dump broke the toilet. I dumped out and it broke the piping. It fixed my shit. 
Thing is, she is totally harassing him when he goes. He said he con- she constantly tells him he can take his shirt off while he works at her place and says she is usually sitting and just watching him with a drink. She is around 55, he is 30, and she always comments yeah, about his looks awesome. and says what a shame it is that he is married. It makes him uncomfortable, but he doesn't know how to get out of the gigs when she keeps requesting only Jamie to come for her repairs. The guys at his work just laugh it off and say enjoy it, but if it were reversed and it was a man making these comments, it would be taken more seriously. Yeah, but it's not, and honestly, okay, first of all, Wait, no, okay, hold on. It keeps going. I gave him advice to say he can't work at her place anymore, but yeah. apparently she pays much more just to get him there. Recently, she, she asked him to please stay and have a drink and just talk, Aww. but he insisted he had to go. He won't tell his wife because she's a jealous type and feels like he's in a rock and a hard place. Any thoughts? Thanks so much. Okay, a couple things. First of all, as a feminist, I have to say, no, it is not okay to sexually harass anyone. It is different when a man does it to a woman because, and I've said this before, a man is physically stronger than a woman. No man will ever know the feeling of being physically afraid of someone that you're not afraid of, but physically intimidated by your partner, by the person you're on a date with, leaving your car with your keys wedged between your knuckles, Wolverine-like, okay? Mm-hmm. You'll never know that because you are physically the stronger, typically, of the two. So it really isn't a one-to-one thing. It isn't a, that being said, you deserve everybody deserves to do their job, their professional job and be comfortable at work. Mm -hmm. Now, I wonder if he were single, if it were bought, if it would bother him. And I wonder if this woman actually is attractive or isn't because she's probably not. Okay. You're not physically afraid. You're not afraid for your life, but it makes you uncomfortable and you don't, nobody wants to an advance from someone who's unattractive a and B you probably love your wife, even though she seems like a little bit of a pill. So here's what you do. You decide just like every woman has to, is this money worth it? Mm. your job can cover for you. They cannot force you to take those gigs. You have two options because you're in her home and she obviously likes seeing you. First of all, you could try shaming her for taking these like toxic dumps that are breaking her toilet. I'd be so embarrassed. My toilet's broken again. I just had a lot of dinty more for dinner. She eats a bunch. Just like, I hope that I can get her to come over. Do you think she just stores Kashi Golene crunch and she's just (laughs) goes breaking up those pipes? Yeah. She's on the toilet. Like, ah, Rick's coming over. So that is, he's got to make the choice. Either Mm -hmm. you put up with it just like waitresses do, just like women do in toxic workspaces. You put up with it for the money or you are unavailable. And that is a choice he can make, but he cannot keep complaining about it. He can't keep complaining about it uh, while still taking the gig because she doesn't really need anything fixed. So either lean in, steer into that skid or just don't drive. I think- uh, either way, he should talk to his wife about it. I get that he's like, his wife is the jealous type, but it, it's weirder if he doesn't tell her about it. You know what? Shame on his wife for not being there for her husband. You're jealous of a woman Maybe who's she mo- would be. But that's, you know, that's not the wife for you. Like that's, I mean, or, or he sucks. I don't know these people, yeah. but you would like, I would like to think that if I had a job and a much older man who was not attractive was hitting on me and I went to my husband, his first thought wouldn't be to accuse me of something. Right. It would be like, oh, I want to protect you or here's what we do. Maybe you even talk to your wife and you say, look, this makes me uncomfortable. How much do we need this extra money? Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's on him, but he's going to keep, he can't keep going and complaining about it. Because that's clearly not going to change. Right. I mean, yeah, you you either go and you accept what you're doing to make this money or you say, no, look, you need to send someone else over there. I would say bring another plumber with you, Mm. but then you probably have to split that money. 
Can you bring your wife with you? Is that weird? Yes, that's unprofessional. And weird. <laughs> that's unprofessional. Wife's not going to want to go. No. House smells like turds. <laughs> no. Kick it. Oh. Toddski. Can Eliza help me out to finish this sentence? Okay, I'm ready. Operator, won't you put me on through? I got to send my love down to Baton Rouge. Uh, yeah. Is I, that? Did he want me to finish the Baton Rouge part? Uh, Baton Rouge, dot, dot, dot. What's the rat? What is this? Why, go is this look a it secret? Up. It's a Garth Brooks song oh. that weirdly isn't available, I think, for purchase. I don't know why, but I know what the words are. Okay. Hurry up. Won't you put her on the line? Got to talk to my girl just one more time. Slap, clap. Slap, clap. It's my favorite Garth Brooks song. Above Friends in Low Places, which I don't love. Mm. Anyways, next question. <laughs> it's a great song if you love country music. Hmm. Okay. Send my love down to Baton Rouge. And it was done so long ago that like he has to like pull over and use a payphone and call her. She's in Baton Rouge. I don't think I've ever used a payphone. Oh, I definitely have. We are just a baby. <laughs> You're just a baby. No turning wheels says, how do you consider having so many of your thoughts and creations on the internet when meeting or interacting with new people? I don't think about it. Okay. I'm not ashamed of anything that I create. And once you make your art, it is for people to interpret. Mm -hmm. Some people see me and they yell party goblins. Some people have only seen one special. Some people have only seen one movie, you know? So you represent, when you make art, you represent different things to different people, depending on what part of your career they made you at. I don't think about it. Right. I'm just me, baby. On stage page underscore. Hi, Liza and Emily. I wrote in earlier about advice on a quarantine breakup. The breakup was about three months ago. And in that time, I've ended up connecting with a friend that has been there for me. And we kind of just clicked and neither expected it. I'm very torn on what to do because is it best to forcibly stay single for some growth time, keep messing around and staying friends like we have been doing, or look for something more? How do I even go about this when in a pandemic, nothing feels like real life? Do whatever feels good. Mm. I don't know. No reason to force yourself to stay single or something organically. Have, you're a girl and like a dude is someone who become your friend. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. So she's she's friends with a guy and they've started hooking up. Gross. Uh, it's a pandemic. <laughs> Whatever. Just let it happen. There's no reason to force yourself to stay single unless deep down you feel you're doing this for the wrong reasons. Mm. But it sounds like you like the guy. Don't put any pressure on it. Girls put so much pressure. Guys do it too. Just, just you'll figure it out. These are strange times. Your emotional needs are different than they would be in a normal thing. So yeah, it's fine. You're fine. It's fine. And Don't if you break up, you can always be like, it was quarantine. I was crazy. Kick it. Marley dot joy. Hey, Eliza and co. I'm a huge fan of your comedy. And as a writer, you inspired me a lot. Good. I Good. also, I also really love how actively you advocate for greener practices and reducing plastic. My question is I'm going back to college in August. I'm 19. This will be my second year of no, college no, where they're making a lot of changes because of COVID. Yeah. One of the biggest things is changing to our dining hall slash food options, which will no longer allow reusable drinks in the Starbucks and reusable silverware in the calf slash quick service awful. restaurants. What advice do you have about reducing plastic use in this COVID mess despite being a broke college student with an unpredictable schedule that makes it difficult to food prep and pack lunches? Okay. I want to do my part to help the earth, but sometimes I feel like I don't have many options when single-use plastic, gloves, masks, etc., are being shoved down my throat. P.S. I do use fabric masks, reusable bottles, coffee cups, etc. They're my default. Thanks. Mm. I just took a vitamin I found on the floor. Ew. First of all, are you sure it was for you and not the dog? Yeah, I'm pretty sure a vitamin that looks like the vitamin I take every day was for me. Um, just kidding. It was kibble. Um, it is so sad 
because humans are so fucking dumb, the steps that we're taking. And it's all so corporations don't get sued. It's so your school doesn't get sued. It's not about care for other people. That's what all these endless plastic bits are about. Like, well, it was sealed in our protective patented bubble. Therefore, it's not our fault. It's a real fucking shame that washing silverware, which you could do in a batch, is out the window and now everything is plastic and nobody cares. People can't hold two ideas sacred. Like help people save the planet, save the people, save the planet. It drives me crazy. Um, you can go to Package Free Shop or anywhere, but I like them and get yourself a set of bamboo utensils and a, and your own straw. Those are a couple things you can cut down on. Nobody can force you to use plastic utensils. And since they're yours and they're personal, you'll just wash them. I do that. I have them in my bag now. Mm-hmm. I never take a plastic straw. I always bring my own. Once you start doing it, you kind of get into the habit of it. Once you realize how guilty you feel if you use something plastic. I think they're not going to take your cup back behind the counter and fill it. They're going to give you a plastic cup, but you can get one with no lid and no straw. You can just do what you can. It's really unfortunate that, I mean, we're just wrecking the planet and uh, nobody cares. Mm. Um, nobody's getting COVID, by the way, from a container. It's just not happening, but nobody wants to acknowledge that because everybody's afraid of getting sued because in this country, that's how uh, evil people make their money. I would love to do a sue. I could see you doing that. So just do what you can with what you have. Don't use paper towels, just use rags. Like in your own home, you can switch to green products. You can switch, like I don't use a detergent that comes in plastic. I use detergent that comes in a paper envelope and it's little strips. You have little strips and then you have like a powder in a mason jar. Yeah, so (laughs) you can do refillable companies. There are ways, if you care- to get around it, but definitely start by having your own utensils. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And try to repurpose the cups. Maybe you need it for something else. Maybe you can use them as pots for plants. You're going to drive yourself crazy trying to repurpose everything. I am by no means zero waste, but I really make the effort where I can. And it feels like a drop in the bucket. But again, if everybody just made a small effort instead of being selfish and only worried about themselves and convenience, we might be able to save this blue green marble. You ready for top of the cob? Nobody cares. That's my bottom of the cob. Kick it. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top Top of the the cob. cob. And that's the song. (laughs) My top of the cob is a perfectly boiled, in my opinion, perfectly boiled, hard boiled egg. Noah did it on Don't Panic Pantry. And I, turns out, I like an egg that cooks for exactly seven minutes, 30 seconds, plunge into an ice bath. You open it, you get an egg, maybe like seven minutes. That's like a little yolky, little runny in the middle. Put, I put salt on it. I had two today. It's tasty. The salt, finishing it with sea salt really makes a difference. It's the perfect food. And it keeps you going. That being said, I am starving. My top of the cob is a friend of mine is fostering cats. And the way that the cats got to her from their vet appointment is they got put in an Uber. And then she was given the tracking info for the Uber. And then the cat showed up without a person so that you wouldn't exchange disease. That's really funny. And I thought that was so cute that she just like was given the tracking so she could go outside, meet the Uber driver, take the kittens from the back seat. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Uh, my bottom of the cob is that Tianfu is the sweetest angel girl, but she doesn't listen. And I looked up about her breed. They're very stubborn. Um, even when we're going outside, she'll stop at the top of the stairs and I have to put the leash on her and then she'll go. She is obsessed with the next door neighbor who gives her fake dog, hot dogs, like little treats. And she pulled me halfway, half a block away from our walk before her poop to come and get an extra treat. She doesn't listen. She doesn't listen when I call her. She barks at everything. So she's the sweetest little girl when you meet her. She's so sweet, but like, I cannot get through to her. And that's just the way it's going to (laughs) be. 
Okay, my bottom is that one of my neighbors who is quiet, who just moved in maybe three or four months ago, moved out. So I would guarantee that eight monsters move into that one studio apartment because that has been the trend. Eight base-loving monsters. Correct. So I'm not ready for that, and I'm upset. (laughs) Folks, that's our show. These are some great questions. Please keep the questions rolling in. Do not DM me the questions. They will get erased. DM them to Ask Eliza podcast. No, at at Ask Eliza, but that's the podcast. That's where they go. Emily will call them and we will be here for you. Let's get through this. Save the planet. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.